With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the Anfield Wrap. After Liverpool beat Leicester two goals to one on the 30th of December, I've got John Gibbons, Gareth Roberts, Philippa Smallwood, Ian Salmon and Mike Nevin, who's not a well man. He soldiered on in order to make it in here today uh, to talk to you about the Reds and about that game against Leicester. But what I'd like to say, Mike, if we want to start this off, it was a football match and an atmosphere which uh, which could cure any man, really. It, it, it must have even got your heart pounding and blood, blood boiling. Uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's probably the most <laughs> enjoyable game of the season, isn't it, really? And, that, and that's, that's saying think, something when you've had seven nils and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been saying for a, a while, really, that we we were sort of craving a, a, a single goal victory. I think you were talking about the, the derby and can't we just win a, a game one nil? And in similar circumstances here, you know, coming back from a goal down. In terms of the atmosphere, um, I didn't think Leicester did themselves any favours. Um, and equally... What built on that was the, the sort of antics of the referee throughout as well, as uh, Schmeichel was consistently um, time wasting. He just had this propensity to turn his back on it and not be interested. And uh, as much as anything, the crowd was shouting at him to say, "You know, why is up here? You can't see what's going on." Well, no, you can't because you're looking the other way. Um, so I think that was a contributing factor to the atmosphere. Um, but also, again, the way Liverpool responded to, to going a goal down and creating chances, and then you sort of feel, oh, is it going to be one of those days again? But the way that they're playing at the moment, the amount of chances that they're creating and the type type of chances they're creating, I think you've got to you know dispense with that thought about uh, it being one of those days. You just felt it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. And um, the only disappointment for me was that I'd done Liverpool 3-1, um, <laughs> and then a 2-1. Klopp took all the strikers off, so um, <laughs> so I came out seething, um, as well as feeling probably, well, it's the best I've felt in about seven days, so cheers to the Reds. Um, Gareth mentioned the atmosphere there, it was it was, it was was an enjoyable game of football, and that's the key thing, I think, and that's what got everyone going, and, and there was there was goodies and there was baddies, and, and, and Ad, um, Adam Mealyer, I was with him last night, and Adam said it felt like for the first time in a while, the crowd remembered who the baddies were. The baddies weren't yeah. any of our players. The baddies were their players and the referee. They were the baddies. We, all the ones in red were the goodies. And we, we managed to actually approach the game sort of collectively with that in mind. But the, the other thing was, as Mike says, there was the belief that there was a... It was, for me, it's a collective triumph of belief. Everyone in the crowd, everyone on the, the, the touchline, the players, they all believed, we'll create chance, we'll keep creating chances and this will come. And it's the first time for a while. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm almost going back years, really, where I've actually felt there was that level of collective belief, certainly for a, for, for a league game. I think that's why, why Klopp was so made up with it I mean he, he's, he's called it one of the best reactions to go on a goal down basically since he's been here and I think if you if you go back you, you can remember what he was talking about when he first arrived and he talked about about the mentality of the, the team being wrong about the, the mentality of the crowd being wrong and about everyone sort of doing the oh no again and doing the oh here we go we're going to get beat we can't get back, back into it and all that sort of thing and yeah we, we didn't do that yesterday I mean I think Mike's right in that, like less less the help if you like in that, you know they're easy to hate. I think you know they, they've got they've got individuals in their side who are easy to hate, um, including Schmeichel, including Vardy, and 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 they did try and do all the dark arts as well all the way through the game, which they're entitled to do, but will get the crowds backs up. So you know they were doing the time wasting. There were some very snide tackles, one in particular on Coutinho, which was just designed to, to crock him, I thought. Just just mm. he's he's their best player or one of. Let's do him. And he tried to do him, the lad. I think it was indeed. Um but there's a few like that. And you know, Maguire's another one as well. Maguire's a baddie. Um, <laughs> and and so Maguire's easy to wait. I, I, I actually walked away from it sort of quite enjoying his performance in a way. Yeah, that's a bit uh, of everything, didn't it? Yeah. And like you know it was brilliant that that Mo rolled him as well for that second goal because that was boss to watch. But <laughs> 
you know, I enjoyed some of his tackles. I, I enjoyed that he had the the mad thing in the net with Emre. Um, Emre shouldn't have got booked for that, by the way. But Emre won, didn't he? I mean, Emre won because they did the snide thing with the kick and the ball out for the throw and, and penning us in. And when Emre did that back, it was just like, after. At one point, I thought he was going to run it all the way to the keeper. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll kick it in a minute. In a minute. No, no, I'll kick it now. <laughs> can, I, can I just Absolutely put in at that, that juncture about that, the, the tip for tat over the, the bounce balls? And I think there were three in the game, weren't yeah. there? Um, There's one with the ball. The, the first one's the weirdest one ever. Yeah. And, and, but, is that the look where Lovren had the ball? That the ball was fucked there? The actual See, ball. Yeah, to be ball. So you know, going back to the old days, what a classic! All we needed was a snow-covered pitch, really, and an orange ball at first. <laughs> but um, I was with my missus yesterday. Who, although she follows footy quite closely, she hasn't been to a game for a number of years. And um, so this whole business of like the the bounce balls and sort of doing that, she said, "Well, that was very sports in the first time that that uh, Leicester <laughs> gave it back." I said, "But it's not really. It's just it's accepted practice." practice. And then that was further sort of embellished by the second one. So when Emre does that thing at the end and the crowd goes mad, try explaining that. And I said, <laughs> so she said, well, what's happened there? Because that didn't look that sport. And I said, well, sort, it sort of was and it wasn't. But it was brilliant, wasn't it? She said, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> can, can I just bust in as well? Where were you sitting yesterday? Um, in the... Uh, sorry, in the main stand. Where about top, bottom? Uh, literally on middle. the goal line. Red, bit middle. of body <laughs> more there, <yeah. laughs> But this goes to you play your cards right as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'd love to have enjoyed the atmosphere, but the way everybody else seems to have done, I'd love to be saying, weren't we behind the team? But everyone around me was sitting there going, don't fuck this up, Liverpool, don't fuck this up, Liverpool, don't fucking draw again, Liverpool, don't fucking draw. And it was endless. I've got... I've got a theory here, in. I, I think it depends where you sit in that middle tier. Yeah. And now I, I was on the goal line at the cop end. And, um, See, I'm on the 18-yard line, okay. which probably identifies myself. So the person I'm talking about may well be a listener. But with, there's one person, me and Steve Evans both know this person. And throughout every game, they are endlessly, vocally negative. They're the loudest person anywhere near us. And it's always, we're going to fuck this up. And there's this massive negative reinforcements that whatever we do, we're going to fuck up. So whereas everybody else had a lovely day out and enjoyed <laughs> the atmosphere, and Jürgen's had a great I had, time. I had a great time. Ian. I'm sitting there going... I don't know, I've sit by some miserable bastards, you know. <laughs> I, had a, I had a great time, Ian. Uh, and it, it's, I'll go back to the belief points, Philip. The belief, what I liked about it was that, you know, even when the chances were getting missed first half, that it didn't, it, at no point did you think it's one of those days. And I think that's what Gareth said before. At no point did anyone allow the idea of, well, it's one of those days to sort of enter in. You just thought, well, there's going to be more chances. There's just going to be more chances. This Liverpool team can't help but create chances. And the other thing I liked as well, when Mike's referring to the subs, was that didn't look, for, you know, firstly, the selection suggested the manager's taking Leicester about as seriously as he can possibly take them. And I think that the way the game goes proves that he's right to do so. But secondly, the subs all come after it's 2-1. It's all, we're getting this job done here. This job will get done. And then, and then I can worry about legs but I've got to get these three points yeah and in relation to the subs as well I thought they were all spot on yesterday um, I know that you know in the past we've kind of criticised Klopp sometimes for his substitutions maybe being a bit late or being the wrong people to bring on and, and the tactics being wrong but yesterday I thought they were all absolutely spot on um, you know just to bring Clavan on at the end to for a bit of height at the back when they were launching the throw-ins uh, into the box all the time you know it all just made sense and even if they had to somehow managed to scramble an equaliser from somewhere I don't think you could have um, you know put that down to Klopp getting things wrong I think I think he got everything right yesterday Um I, I I was a bit concerned to be honest, but I, I think in the end it worked out perfect, and I think personnel changes were spot on. Mane coming off was absolutely the right decision, yeah. and that was spot on. And broadly speaking, he got it right. I was a bit worried though that there was a period where they'd got on top, and the the three lads would be warming up for about ten or fifteen minutes, and I was screaming for the change for at least five or ten minutes before they happened. Um, now then, obviously Chamberlain comes on and contributes, I think, to, to us winning the game. So in the long run, it, it, you know, it, it, things were got right. Um, but I think I think he possibly could have brought. I think the first change could have come five five to seven minutes earlier than it did. Their changes um, are weird, though, aren't they? Why do you take off Vardy and take, take off your two best players? That's what I mean. We've I'd... been doing that for a month. Weird. Yeah, it's it, it was insane that. Because well, you sort of, I mean, like, I, I was having a look at the, the stats on the game before and I was surprised to see that they only had one shot on target all game and scored from it. Because it, 
although we like dominate, that. yeah, it, it kind of felt like they were in it. Do you know what I mean? Well, they were yeah. in it. I think they were yeah. in it all the way. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a, I, I don't know, I'm not sure whose effort it was, but there was one that fizzed past the far post, which was indeed, and I thought he was really impressive. By the way, um, I thought three or four of those were really yeah. good. They're a good side. They're a good team. And the, um, I think that the problem with them, I think they've got six or seven quality players, but then I think that the, maybe the other four aren't quite up to scratch. But I think. In terms of the quality across the league, if they end up sort of seventh or eighth, I think it's about, that's about right for them. Yeah. But that in itself, you know, coming seventh or eighth in this this league is an achievement for for most clubs, and that's just reflective of the personnel that they've got. John, it's got I think, some good players. John, I think that I, you know, let's talk about them briefly because I think they they contribute to everything that happens in the game. If you know yeah. what I mean, they're not they're not they're not as passive as lots of sides that have come to Anfield recently. They obviously get the early goal. But also, they, they know how to scrap and turn it into a scrap. They remind me of a much better Burnley, in a way. Uh, I know Burnley are above them in the league at the minute, and we shouldn't take Burnley lightly, and we're going to come on to talk about them. But in the same way that Burnley find ways to engage all over the pitch, I thought that you saw that from that Leicester side. And I think that, 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 that the fact that they, they feel they're good enough to come to Anfield and have enough of a go and always stay in the game, that to me makes me sort of think, well, that that, that contributes to... And it contributes to everyone else. It contributes to our crowds as well, remembering that these are actually quite good, remembering that the league champions. And I think that's part of what contributes to the, the game haven't been as enjoyable as it was. Yeah, they're not quite league champions. but um, Former ones, sorry. <laughs> but they they are a good team and we, we needed to play well to beat them. And I put on Twitter yesterday the. If we'd have scored the goal they scored, we'd have been made up. And so you can look at it from a Liverpool point of view and say, should the keeper have gone long when it goes back to him or, or, or what Matip's doing or even what Emery Chan's doing? I've seen a few people saying that he, he needs to be you know, on his on his toes a little bit more. But from a Leicester point of view, that's a great goal. They, they, they've pressed us in straight from the off to go back to Carrius and then they, they pressed us again. And the first, that first-time ball um, through to Mahrez is, yeah. is, a, is, yeah, it's is brilliant. fantastic yeah. technique. You know, yeah. to, to be able to do that, and then, and then Mares just just kind of sliding it across as well, having having the, having the vision, and so it's a, you know, you can talk about what Liverpool should have done better for that goal, but from if we'd have scored that, we'd have been raving about it. We'd have been like, look at the look at the gag and press, look at that, <laughs> yeah, look winning at the, the ball, winning, winning the ball high up yeah, the pitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So I think, couldn't agree more. I think also we've been prepared from doing that because I, I thought it was very noticeable from the kickoff. Emery Chan slid in sitting next to Robertson, so we, they automatically knew where the balls were going to go the entire game but they still managed to undo us with exactly the ball they've been planning so it is it's it's a quality piece of work from them mm. and it is John you know that that's all of that is 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 what contributes here and, and all of that's what turns it into a, into the feeling that it is a proper game and you can't have you know you can't have 19 proper games at home if you know what I mean I mean that, that's not possible not in this league full stop but then it never was you can lie, yourself, lie to yourself about that you know you 10-15 years ago when we were going to Anfield we were watching out of 19 home games you're watching sort of 6 or 7 pretty dire games of football uh, whether Liverpool win, lose or draw that's what you're watching but I think it really does contribute and, and as I say I think that they, they do deserve credit not least because as I said earlier on they also managed to, to conduct themselves with the demeanour of the baddies <laughs> Yeah but that, that all added to it didn't they and I think I think the crowd could, could see that could see when we were up against a good team and and the, the 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 players deserve the the, the support and and you know the, you might say they always deserve it but that's you know one for another day really yesterday I think the you know Jürgen Klopp said after the game that he felt that the crowd could see that we were we were playing well and 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 I think that that's what it was and you, and you felt like well this this Liverpool team deserves a winner here and that's why the crowd kind of stuck with them and and stuck around and supported them it was an interesting makeup of the crowd I've kind of got a bit of a theory that it was a lot of people who've you know, back for Christmas or whatever, and and so, you know, We've got a ticket off a mate. Yeah, not gone. and so we're really pleased to be there. But it wasn't like a, a tourist thing. It was like people who've been to a lot of games. Like we did it, and we did the, the team talk feature, and the lad he was on the travelling cop, and he, he lives out in Canada now. But he he'd been a, he, he'd been to every game more or less uh, two thousand and three to two thousand and ten. He said I went I went to every game, and then now he's out there, and I felt like there was a lot of people like him who who were knowledgeable and who were. Uh, you know, who understood how to support Liverpool, if you like, if that's not too kind of condescending to other people, but also were made up to be there. And I think there was quite a lot of people like that there. And that, that kind of, you know, all, all the elements really kind of came together to, for, for, to, for yeah, for, for a great day. And I think a really important day for the team as well. It's a really important day for the team, Gareth. And I think one of the things I said, I've touched on it before with Philip, is, is the selection. 
that the selection just rings a bell. It just almost said to everyone. I think I like to also think the players on the pitch, but certainly to you know when 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 I saw it and it was the sort of team I wanted to see. And I've been saying for days, this is what I do. I go as strong as you can for Leicester, and then I'd I'd have a look and just see where you are for Burnley mm. because you know, and I, I will come on to talk about Burnley. But I think as a selection, you're looking at it, and it's the manager going. It's a big game, this boys. This is a big game. You you couldn't walk into that ground, haven't seen that team, and not know how seriously Liverpool were taking it. No, exactly. It, it did it did make a statement. Obviously, the, the statement was slightly ruined by conceding after two minutes. But but I think the uh, I think the reaction to that's important as well. I mean, we're giving ourselves a pat on the back as a crowd um, and the manager for his selection. But the players deserve credit in terms of their reaction to that goal because the Reds didn't go down. It was more of a oh, did that was one of them, wasn't it? Let's get on with it. And they, they created so many chances that first half. I mean, you know, Salah's the, the hero when he scored two goals, but he has so many chances there that he should that he probably should do better with. Uh, there's the one where he... The early he, one especially. Yeah, he, he gets that little bit of space and then puts it wide. There's one that he dinks over the bar. Um, there's others as well. I think I think there's, a, there's the offside goal as well. You know, there was chance after chance, really. There was a bit of a penalty shout as well there when, when Robertson goes down. So, you know, we're... That that was what what I meant about Leicester though as well. It was weird because they, they were battling away and getting stuck in, and it was a good game to watch. And yet they've only notched up, you know, one one real effort on target, which was I was surprised by because it it did feel like it felt like they were in it. It felt like they always had that threat because they're good basically, aren't they? A counter attacking you, and I think Klopp said afterwards that you know the way the game went, going one down so early, meaning that we have to go all out really to get back into it could have played into their hands really and and they were trying to do them quick transitions that that, that they're good at but you know so so I think I think Klopp's right as well in that he was he was he was giving a shout out to the way we defended we defended pretty well I mean there are obviously some varying opinions on the performance of the midfield which seems to be a recurring theme and I think everyone was <coughs> well not everyone but you know if there were some moans it was that you know Chan and, Chan and Milner might not be the most dynamic two to have to have there I think I think Milner improved. I think he, I thought he had a, a bit of a dodgy start. Um, he was doing a few mad things. That things where we just volleyed the ball up, but, but <laughs> in our box, I don't know what he was quite doing there. There's a few things that didn't come off, but it it reminds me of Roman Sissoko, did it? Yeah, but he just levered it right from the end and then won the header. It was one of them, uh, and there's a few other things. So there's a few little moans towards Milner. There's a few little moans towards Sham, but I think both of them grew as the game went on. You mentioned there about our midfield. You know that 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 sort of recurring theme I mm. one of the things that occurred to me when I was watching it yesterday was one of the reasons why it's a recurring theme is that it's a, it's in loads of senses it's a pretty thankless task in that you know you, you've got to do a lot of donkey work you've got to do a lot of passing it to the better lads yeah. if you know what I mean you know the thing the always thing about Xabi Alonso when he played centre for Liverpool was he was tending to pass it with the exception of Gerrard and latterly Torres you always felt he's passing it to a lad who's less good than him at football if you know what I mean mm. whereas the thing about Chan and Milner is one of the reasons why you can sort of always end up I think whoever plays centre for Liverpool, Gareth, you can always end up going, you know, you can do your editing in some way. It's because you sort of just want them to not to not be involved. You want it to, can we just get it from there to those boss lads and pretend the other bits doesn't happen? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's, it, well, that's what I mean by thankless. It's like no one really ever remembers much of what they do, where they, where they are, whoever it is who plays there, when they are doing it quite well, because you're like, well, I just wanted to get it to him anyway. Mm. Just get it to Casino, just get it to Salah. I mean, I, I was I was worried about that sort of dynamism of, of those two. And, and I've, I watched the, watched the first half again this morning. Um, and and I, and I was watching those two in particular, and they, they were actually fine. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. yeah. They, were fine. they were actually fine. And, and, and Milner in particular, you know, was getting in the box trying to make things happen. I mean, I've seen a few people saying, you know, that, that the questioning Chan now about because he's got this move potentially hanging over his head and all that sort of thing. And one lad put, I think it was on our Facebook, just put like, you know, he, he never moved out of the centre circle really. But but I don't think he was meant to because because you know Klopp, Klopp after the game actually singled Chan out for praise. And when you watch it again, he, he's doing what you're saying. He's just doing very simple stuff. So it's a hold and a space, you know, like Ian said before, helping out a bit with, with the defensive duties. And that that's all he wants them to do. And actually, his instinct is probably those, you know, tank-like runs and, and getting involved further up the pitch. But if his manager said, don't do that, and he's done his job, that's probably why his manager's saying after the game, well done, Emre. Yeah, I thought Emre Chan actually played really well yesterday. I think you're right in the sense that, you know, maybe had a bit of a slow start, but then grew into it. But um, I saw your post uh, last night, Neil, about uh, naming the stand after him after he did that uh, <laughs> little run past and then putting the ball into the corner because 
you know, that was what we were screaming out for, just somebody using the noggin, basically, just using the brains and just calming it all down and going, right, you know, fine, you can have the ball, but you've got to get from all the way up the other end of the pitch with it. Um, and not playing it straight to Schmeichel as well, because, you know, you know what he's going to do, he's just going to launch it straight up the field. Um in relation to the selection, though, um, nobody's really talked about the selection of Carrius, and I don't think it was necessarily that Mignolet was dropped yesterday. I think it might have been a tactical thing because we know that Leicester um, looked to break. You know, they looked to play the ball in behind and for Vardy to run onto it, and Carrius holds a higher line than what Mignolet does, and, you know, he's a bit more of a sweeper-keeper in a sense. So I think it was almost a tactic to try and stop them being able to do that and I actually thought Carriers did all right yesterday um, and a lot of it for me was you know he he helped start off attacks as well by throwing the ball out fast by you know looking for that option um, but also used his brains at times because I think sometimes he's, he's almost too quick to try and get rid of it and sometimes you need to just keep hold of it and take the sting out of the game and I thought he did that really well yesterday. Well there's a moment the the first goal, our first goal, comes from Carrius releasing the ball. Yeah. It comes from coming to the edge of the area to take the ball from across and having the now to actually move to the edge of the box and release it quickly. Yeah. Starts the whole move off. And 10 minutes after that, one of the guys next to me is going, oh, just get rid of you. And it's kind yeah. of like, are you paying attention to what he was doing 10 minutes ago? Yeah. I, I sort of agree in one sense and disagree in another about Carrius. Um, I think you're right in saying that he's quicker off his line than Mignolet and there was one particular incident where it looked like Vardy was sort of clean through it it was actually given offside in the yeah. end but he came out and he was he was, he was was at him he was on him basically very very quickly and I think that was a really good piece of goalkeeping in terms of his release and, and the business about him getting the ball out of his box quicker I think that's a complete myth and I'll tell you why what he does is that he runs very quickly to the edge of his box consistently really good Right intentions, quickly, very, very aware of the need to get Liverpool on the counter. And then he stops and he waits. And it's because he can't see anything. And I, I think we've all got it, well, a lot of people have got it in their head that he's that he's much better in, in, in distribution terms. I think his kicking's better than Mignolet. I'll, I'll quite happily accept that. But I think this side, is good, isn't it? Yeah, really good. Yeah. Das Booth, you know. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I, if you watch if you watch Carriers closely, um, nine times out of ten, he does that. Hear him, scare him, dash to the edge of the, the box, and then he stops. And uh, I, I've been watching him very closely because I'm trying to be to make a considered judgment between the two of them. Um, I think at the moment, given Mignolet's performance at Arsenal, Carrius probably holds the upper hand, and that that I I personally would continue with him now. I think I yeah. think Klopp has got enough um, enough on the go there to to make a proper call. What what I, what I don't agree with is picking different goalkeepers game, from game to game. I think it's it, I think it's ridiculous. Mm. Um, and I, but if he if he goes with Carrius now, I'd have, I've not, I'd have no arguments, albeit that we need a better one um, longer term. Yeah, he probably just needs to make a decision on it, doesn't he? It does feel like that. I mean, I, I've never been a fan of of even the Champions League swapping around thing no. because I just think you've got to build up some kind of understanding at some point between the back four and the keeper, even if you're chopping and changing it slightly. Just leave the keeper, like, you know, let, let one or the other settle in a bit. And they are different keepers. They have got different styles. Um, I think Mignolet still, to, for me, is, is a little bit too rooted to his line at times. Mm. Um and he's a he's he's a bit. He reminds me of I think him and Lovren are similar in that like things really affect them when it goes wrong. You know, you look at someone like Mo Salah there and said earlier about how he has he'll miss loads and loads of chances and it just doesn't bother him. It's water off a duck's back. He's just like I'll get another one and I'll score and it's sound. Yeah. Whereas you feel like Mignolet and and Lovren when when it does go wrong for them, they're probably beating themselves up for days over it and it ends up affecting the next performance or, or a, 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 a performance nearby. So I'd, um, I'd I'd be with you as well in that I'd just say, give Carrius a run now, just leave him in, see what happens. I expect Midley to come back in for Burnley. I think it was probably always the plan to, to you know, just to rotate a little bit. And I think he's a bit more relaxed than, than most people on, on, on the change in the, the goalkeeper thing. I think, you know, he's, he's probably seen two 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 games in three days and he talks about freshness of mind as much as body Jürgen Klopp does in here maybe he's just thinking I, I thought Philip his theory was interesting on, on, on how Leicester played and how he might have seen Carrius I hadn't thought about that I just thought maybe he's looking at it in two games and mm-hmm. thinking two two games in three days and thinking I'll, I'll 
as many people who as a can swap a will and he's probably seen the goalkeepers as, as quite close to each other in terms of ability if not necessarily style and and just thoughts well I'll, I'll I'll give him a go in this one and then, and then Mingley comes back in Burnley so I'd, I'd personally be very surprised if uh, to see Carrius in, in, in the team again New Year's Day even though I thought he did right what would you what would you do though John if you if you were picking the team for not just for Burnley but looking into the say the next month or so what would your I, I think Mingley's a little bit better than Carriers personally. Um, I understand that Mingley's annoyed people for longer, so there's a, so there's a little bit of that from fans. I think so. We'll throw the other fellow. Shouldn't in. be relevant that though, should it? It shouldn't, but but, it, but you know we're, we're we're irrational human beings, aren't we? Um, not not just us, generally football fans. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think there's a bit of that. I think for I think Ming, I think the, the manager thinks Mingley's a little bit better, and, he, and he's probably right. Um, but I think. You know, I understand the 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 idea of of, of giving Carriers a go in terms of well, well, let's let's kind of see how he does. I understand that in terms of you know he's he has been given a go. I would say you know when people say oh I'll just give him a go and see how he goes. He has he has had a, f- a few goes now actually Carriers, but maybe that's he's just a my bit... keeper. I'm yeah, well, we could do that. Yeah, could yeah. do that, couldn't yeah. we? It's January. Yeah. Well, soon. It's coming tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> um. Other bits of the selection that intrigued me in was Gomez at right back, and that I, I felt whilst I wanted to go really strong for Leicester, and I think Gomez is currently ahead of Alexander Arnold in that pecking order. I I was more of the view, well, maybe you do Gomez for for, for Burnley um, because of the, you know the sort of the threats that they're going to try to pose. We saw what they tried to do to Alexander Arnold at Anfield yeah. uh, when he came, so we know that if they see a team sheet with him on, they will you know they'll they'll, they'll approach it, approach it a certain way, but. Again, in terms of the fact that it becomes such a an intense contest, and also, I think the more the more intense the contest is, the more he's in the game, the better Gomez is. I think it's an excellent performance yesterday. I really did. I thought, I thought you know, he's there's a lad who scored two goals, who scored a million goals so far this season. You've got to be careful around Bandy and man of the match out. But I, you know, in terms of you know defensive performances, I think it's one of the one of the best showings anyone's had at right back for Liverpool for for, for some time. Yeah, I, I think he was absolutely stunning yesterday. I think it's. Um... I think it's a case of Klopp looked in and thought they are going to try and bombard the full-backs anyway. So I think the possibility, I'd be tempted to go Gomez again against Burnley. So I think the teams that are obviously going to target them, I think he is the stronger. But I thought he was magnificent. He's, he's always an outlet. He's always solid. And for a lad who's never scored a goal, the one goal he attempts, the one shot yeah, he attempts, effort, he goes for a worldie. Which, yeah, if that had gone in, that's, that's, that, that would have been one of the goals of the season, that quite easily. Because the, the so technique for it. I was furious about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was furious about it, yeah. Really? Why? Don't shoot. It sat up, though. Oh, that's it's it, it sat up. I'll always allow. I've got like a. He sat it up for himself. I've, I've always got a. Like, I'm allowed a. It sat up. Because all, we all know when a ball's begging to be hit. Yeah. And I'm sound with that. You didn't have great options either. I, I just think take another touch and maybe it keeps sitting up. And maybe you then close the goal and you're more likely to kick it in the goal. I'm, I'm mostly against shots. They're almost. All shit. Uh, and that was a real laugh. But it did sit up. I mean, I've got it. It did sit up. When they sit up, it should be separate. You, you, you know, in the pub, when the raffle tickets go round, Neil, do you yeah. ever buy one? Oh, I'll buy a raffle ticket. It's not as serious as, 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 as turning the screw on Leicester City, Michael. Uh, oh, I, I, want, I, want my, I want Leicester City penned in forever. And, and I'm willing us to have a shot. Please have a shot. Please put us out of our misery. Please end this torture. That's what I want to When that nearly went in, it brought me back to life after seven days of feeling like death. <laughs> so, well, there we are. So, then. fair play to the lad. <laughs> yeah, go on, so, Ian. So, go make sure get man of the match just to make Mike feel better. No, I, I think it's a good Mike's I, got an old beard. I'd like has. to say. I thought uh, it was a fashion statement to be no, honest. No, no, it's, a, it's a, I've not been well beard. It, it, that's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> Fox shaving, I've got the flu. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, we're talking Keep about that. Yeah, 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 he was good. He was good. What can you say? No, he's he's looking like a hell of a player. It looks like you know whoever bought him, whether it was Rogers or more likely the much maligned transfer committee. That's a crack and buy. That's a buy for the yeah. next ten years. Probably moving into centre back at some point. And also in the next year. Fortune. Yeah, absolute fortune. He's he's looking like an international class footballer is going to be embedded for a long time. He looks like he's got everything to be a magnificent defender to us. He could be the Van Dyke partner long term. I, I mean, I, I I think he's fantastic. Um, I mean, he was he, and what people I think have partly forgotten that he he was fantastic in his first. Five or six games under Rodgers, left, back. left yeah. back on the other side. Um, I can't wait to see him regularly start as a centre half. And I think you're right about about the partnership with Van Dijk. I think that could be our 
that could be the you know the solution to all of our ills. Hopefully. That looks like it could potentially it, be very very that, solid. Yeah, could, that could be something for you know five to seven years yeah. or something. Um, and it, I think it's in it, the, the team, our, our first choice team, or our first choice thirteen or fourteen. It's a fascinating mix now of, of you know really good signings from Klopp, and let's you know take our, our hat off to him for the likes of Salah and Mane. You know Mane's out of form at the moment, but um, and Robertson I think is grow really growing <coughs> into, into the team as well. But the legacy of of the team that Rodgers left behind, or and or the transfer com- committee, you know Firmino. Um, who we were just talking about then, I've forgotten now. Um, Gomez. 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 And, and several others, Coutinho. Chan. Um, Chan. Lalana. You know, we had we had some really good players on our books, didn't we? And yeah. obviously that, that whole situation broke down. There was the, the club wasn't well, I don't think, at the time. Um, in, in After losing Suarez and in the wake of the, the sheer devastation of losing that league in 2014. But, you know, make no, no mistake, um, Klopp has also been left some good players, which to be fair, he said, he, this is what he said himself. When he came in, he was yeah. adamant about it. He was absolutely adamant. And no one about believed him. Yeah. No one believed that they're all shy. They've got no character. <laughs> um, and I think he's also been not fortunate, but um, you know, the circumstances in and around the developments of of Trent coming through and Gomez as well, particularly you know, sort of coming of age, if you like. Um, it's it's a perfect mix, really. Yeah, coming of age at the right time together. Uh, uh, yeah, and the the, I, the the key thing for me for Liverpool over the next three years is that. This group appeared to be maturing and peaking, and I think maybe next season will be the peak for everyone. And there's also the whole issue of how you retain players in this current world of football, where everyone's after your best players as soon as you get any good. And I think that for, for Klopp, managing <laughs> this, these capabilities over the next eighteen months is going to be the true test of him as a Liverpool manager and how, and how he's judged. Um, Wasn't when, the true test of his career? Well, yeah, absolutely. As a, um, as a football I th- manager, I, I think despite I, everything he achieved with Dortmund, yeah. Mike, this is now, you know, in terms of because the, the challenge will never be greater. There's currently a team playing as we're recording this, who won 19 games out of 20. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's the entirety of the picture of European football, yeah. as you say. There's the predatory nature of European football, and let's not lie about this. We are all, we are m- normally one of the predators. Absolutely, let's be absolutely honest. And so, that, marrying that, so we and, can't afford to, to 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 complain about it. Yeah, so, um, so this is like we, so. What we have to do, we have to fight it, and we have to, and we have to contest against it. And <clears throat> the the thing is, as well, you know, I think a lot of people will quite happily make excuses. Oh, you know, City have got so much more going for us. Well, this time last year, Liverpool were above Manchester City in the league, um, and and three years ago, and and can we, be again. We, we, we were six to one on favourites to beat them to the to the league title. It's not impossible, and the Liverpool, a real Liverpool mentality is one that that does not accept. The fact that City are just better, or that they can just afford more players, it it's basically you get a hold of this situation, you see all the positives around it, and you say, right, you know, let's go for it over the next eighteen months. We're not going to win the league this season. There's absolutely no reason why we can't next season. Yeah, that, there is too much fatalism about about the Man City thing. I see. I, I think the same, and like this idea that oh, that's it now. Like they just go on and dominate and they'll do everything. And they're still not a bigger club than Liverpool. Mm. They're still not a bigger club than Man United. You can't sell out. And, and, and this idea that you know e- either that we've all got to sort of just you know pick up the scraps now and City are there forever. I mean, we, we've we've literally signed players here that people were saying we wouldn't get, and they've joined because they wanted to play for this manager. They've joined because they want to play for Liverpool. There's still loads of opportunities to go out there and buy more players who, who, who will do the same. You know, some players will look at City and go, "Yes, yeah, sound. You know, I might get a medal there." But I also might only get like twelve games. You know, look at the squad, look at the depth of the squad. Whereas yeah. if, it, if it comes to Liverpool, I can get in the team, I can I can contribute. We've got Kaita to come. You know, there's there's loads of stuff to be positive about. If we get in the Champions League again, which I would expect us to do, we're in fourth now. It's it's the first time this decade that that we would have done it back to back. What? Just on that, I want to come back to you on that, Gareth, and come around the table on that. Well, yeah, yesterday's performance in the context of ensuring that we get back into the Champions League next season, the results, the performance and results coming together. For me, it was one of those, I actually wrote, after the Swansea game, I wrote that this Liverpool side scored loads of different goals, but it hasn't yet scored, really scored many key goals. Because you don't actually get key goals in the first half of the season normally. They're rare, they're few and far between first half of the season key goals. But also there's a couple of question marks around grinding out at times. Yes, we did it at the end of last season, but you know, that to me yesterday, it feels like that feels properly like a goal scored in December, that winner from Salah, a goal scored in December that impacts March. That you know, you know, you'll be able to look back on that and say that's two points that we've got here that give us this buffer or which keep us in fourth or which, and that is 
you know, that's that's now where we are. That's not that, that, there's no, there is now scoreboard pressure. If you know what I mean, that's point. My point is that now you're looking at the table. You're looking at the table every weekend. You're looking at the table after Arsenal play today. You're looking at the table after Spurs play their two games. Mm. It's it is that's where we are now, and that's why that's why yesterday was massive. And again, I think that's one of the reasons why the crowd was as in it as it was was that there was a, there's a genuine collective realization. We're in a bit of a battle. A battle we should be optimistic about winning, but one where we've we, we have got to all be together in this. We've got to understand how important it is for the club that we do get back into that. We stay in the Champions yeah. League. It's where we should be. Yeah, it felt it felt massive in every way, and I think how you seeing them talk about it afterwards. The manager, there was an interview with Robertson as well, where he was saying, you know, people have questioned whether we can win ugly, whether we can fight, and and we've basically done both a bit there. Um, so you, you can tell how it's it's got into their heads as well. It, it, it's massive that win for us, and and you know. Coming back from be, from being one down as well is another reason why 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 it's a, you know a, a plus point for us. And, and meanwhile as well, you know you're looking at the Manx and they've drawn three of the last four, and and Mourinho's starting to throw toys out the pram and stuff like that. You know, great, and, and it feels like we could reel them in now as well. Um, you know, Everton, Everton's pointing towards that. We're scoring a ridiculous amount of goals, and it's 77 and 30 games, which is the most at this point of the season for for Liverpool, and. As you say, loads and loads of reason to be optimistic, but it but it will be a battle. It will be a fight. It's probably going to go all the way because you because you got Spurs there, because you got Chelsea there, because you got United there. I mean, I wouldn't write United off, but I'm just quite enjoying the uh, the current funk. It's boss. But we are currently only four points behind United. We're four points. Three, yeah. three. three isn't three, it? Yeah. Well, four there was some Chelsea. four Chelsea, Chelsea second. Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea got second. So we're four off second. Three behind Chelsea. Uh, three behind United. United are clearly faltering. And to go back to the City point we were talking about, people are forgetting very easily. Until the Mane sending off against City, we were the better team. We were quite substantially the better yeah. team. If Mane doesn't get sent off and we win that game, how do we know what the rest of City's season looks like? Because they go through that game, they're so impressive after the sending off, that gives them the confidence to kick on. So in terms of confidence building, yesterday for us could be their game against us because for us to win that yesterday gives confidence to the team and to the ground. I don't think you can overstate the word massive on this. It's a huge result yesterday. Yeah. It's a huge result, um, John. It struck me as one of those games, I've, again, I keep mentioning things I've said in articles, but I'll keep doing it. That uh, There's some good articles on the website, isn't there? There's lots of good articles on the website. People should read it if they have the opportunity, theanfieldrap.com. Um, <laughs> there is, uh, John, something around... The two performances, the two attacking performances, and I'm almost putting Firmino to one side here because he's almost always a separate conversation now in that he does so much for everybody else all the time and he's bringing people into the game and he's so perpetual. But I want to talk about Coutinho and Salah in that I think Coutinho has a terrific 90 minutes yesterday. I think, well, but however long he's on for, I think he's, 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 he's really influential. He's so dangerous. You can see him pulling all over the place, but he doesn't score and he doesn't set anything up. Salah... Is he misses three or four really good chances, but he scores two goals. And my point here isn't to say that one's better than the other, although scoring goals is always better than not scoring goals. My point's more that's the, the, the sort of the nature of these two footballers. Salah's so so effective, and he's so he's so economic in in his influence on a game. He's you know he's he's, he's he influences a game around the penalty area, whereas Coutinho influences a game in the entirety of their half. And I think the two excellent performances yesterday probably the the, the, the two standout ones. Yes, Salah reminds me a bit of when we signed Torres and we sort of went, yeah, all that stuff you used to do for Atletico, don't worry about that anymore, now you do this. And we, we sort of honed his game and, and focused his game on, on what was important, which was scoring goals. And I can't confess to have seen huge amounts of Salah at Roma. I used to watch a bit of him in the in the Champions League and stuff like that and seeing the YouTubers, everyone else. But he seemed to be... Um, Playing very much as, a, as a, more of a traditional wide man, really. He got he got his goals out there, although not quite as now. But he's he's just playing he's just playing as a centre forward, basically now. You know, he, he goes he goes out wide like you'd expect a centre forward to. But we've we've just abandoned any premise of him being a wide player. He's 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 centre fireworks. He's up there to do the business, and he's always between the sticks. And you know all his chances yesterday were good ones. They were all clear chances, and that's that's not a coincidence. Think, yeah, before, before Philippa comes in, I mean, basically, Salah lines up on the Sky Sports team sheet on the right of a front three, and that's about it. Yeah. But as soon as the ball's kicked, 
he's drifting in, he's drifting yeah. in. That's just you know because that's where he plays and he plays cutting in um, on onto his left foot. That, yeah. But as far as that's as far as it goes. And I it? think that the coaching, you know, we, we we talk about praising the scouting and the people who got him in and Jürgen Klopp and, and things like that. But I think in terms of the coaching, what they've done for him is no coincidence. It's it's throughout the club. You know, I go and speak to to Neil Critchley, he's the under twenty threes manager, and he talks about what they're doing with Brewster, and it's basically saying you get between the posts as much as you can. And they were talking about watching him with England and how pleased he were that he was basically doing for England and that on the sense he wins the golden boots he scores the most goals in the competition and they're talking about how pleased they are that they're doing the, he's doing the things that they've they've told him to do so it's throughout the club now is is these these lads who who, who traditionally you just stick on the wing because they're quick is that actually you know you can take on a fullback all you want and that's sound but if you can take on a centre half, you throw on goal, and it's and it's like you say, it's being it's being economical with what he's what he's doing really, and it's it's like the, the, the Suarez they did it with Suarez as well, didn't they? It's why take on four men on why take on four men in, in you know around the centre circle when you could be two and in the box and score, and it's and it's 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 but he's but he's but he's done it so quickly, he's gone yeah, all right, sound, and he's and that's, <laughs> and, that, and that's great because like it's it's not as easy as I'm making it sound like. Do you know what I mean in terms of in terms of what he's doing? And sometimes he's probably not in the game quite as often as he's as he'd like to be and things like that. But when he is, he's just devastating. I just think that you, you just have to look at how many chances he gets every single game. I I keep kind of waiting for almost like looking at it as a purple patch and going, when's it going to end? It's yeah. got to end at some point. But the number of chances he's getting every single game, I can't see where it does end. And like yesterday, you know, like you say, he could have had five or six goals. And the interesting thing was everybody was praising Maguire and said he had an excellent game. But if Salah goes and finishes off all those chances that he actually had, you're looking at it from a completely different angle and going, look at, how we let him go there, look at the slight mistake he made there, which is what we do with our defenders, and we're quite right to do that. But it's such a fine margin between somebody actually finishing off the chances and you're looking at somebody else's performance in a completely different light to what you do in the end yeah, anyway. I'm putting in like a, a last-ditch slide and tackle like he had to yeah. is it, basically last-ditch, isn't it? What I mean yeah. is he hasn't managed the situation. It's like, no. shit, this is <laughs> the only thing I've got left in my locker. And, and I, might, I might get him down for a penny, yeah. But, uh, but I might look boss and win the ball. And unfortunately for him that time, he, he looked boss and won the ball. But I'm, I'm still not having it that he'd been skinned, hadn't he? Yeah, he'd been yeah. skinned, and maybe Salah took a bit. Uh, yeah, maybe he took a bit too long on that one. But. Um, it's interesting that he, on that one, Ian, that he, he does almost take a little bit too long. I think he's almost wrong-footed by the fact that he's he's on the other side, like he's on the side with his with, with, should his, be, actual with his actual foot. Yeah. I think it's, uh, that, 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 that's the really strange thing. It's almost like he's going, hang on, this is uh, this doesn't normally happen here anymore because only I think he finds a way. If it's on the other way, you even see it for his first goal, where he probably find a way to sort of hold it up, hold it off, maybe have to dance around one more man and then put it in. If if you just put a mirror down it, what he should actually do there is just is just shift it across a little bit more onto his left, one touch earlier and slot it. But he's become so used to, as John says, attacking the middle of the goal from that side to actually be after then twist his body back and do it the other way. And then again, suggests as John's saying, that's coaching. It's like that's what he's he's working on this, and then suddenly this other thing happens. And I I think it might be one with watching the video afterwards and saying, all right, Mo. Let's have a chat about this. Yeah, it's one where I, I think he's suddenly, it's more natural for him to be inverted than anything else now. Yeah, he, he, of course it is, He feels yeah. wrong playing on the left-hand side. Now, I don't know where he was playing for Roma. I think he was playing for Roma on the right-hand side, wasn't he? Was, because yeah. that's why we moved Manny over to accommodate where he is more comfortable. So I think the fact that the fact that he feels wrong there is fine by me because there's another lad who will feel right there. There's another two lads who will slot in there. You know, If he feels deserted out on the left... I'm not worried about that. I think one of the things that not, people are beginning to talk about now, but I don't think you notice it really unless you're watching him close up in the flesh. The strength of this lad oh, yeah, is absolutely. unreal. Yeah. Yeah. The strength, the strength of his first good. touch. Yeah, yeah. Holding off Maguire is ridiculous. Yeah. Maguire, just to say about Maguire, he's a big lad. When he finishes playing football, he's turned into Neil Ruddick. <laughs> oh, Neville Southall. I think he's he put weight on in the game. I think, <laughs> Honestly, his face got bigger. Honestly, he was heavy a second half. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, I, I love him, you know. I, 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 
<laughs> I love him and hate him. He really is like he managed to become like a pantomime player. Yeah. I, he was their best cadet last ten. I was terrified of him when he was slaloming down the pitch, really slowly going past four. And no one could, no one could. I'm like, why can someone just fucking take the ball off him? Why isn't one of you taking the ball off him? Because we're taking Mo off, and Mo would have gone and tackled him quite yeah. happily. But take his head full of pound coins, though. Wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the big tell yet that's what Amelia kept calling him and he also said he doesn't wear a pair of shorts he wears a pair of man's 34 waist trouser long <laughs> that's what he's got on I think the, uh, what you said there about uh, Maguire putting weight on the game I think Sooners once accused Mulby of doing that and then I made like a discussion about his, his weight and in training one time I think Sooners said to, to Mulby he says what's the lightest you've ever been yet and he said well Gaffer I was once seven pounds there's seven pounds three ounces <laughs> um, but just going back to Ian's point about the, 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 the touch and the first touch and the strength I mean and that with especially with his back to goal as well mm. and, and, and turning players and um, it, I mean to me it's just Dalgleish at his best yeah, yeah. What, what mm-hmm. Dalgleish was renowned for was the was, was this backside and the low centre of gravity low centre of gravity and there's, there's touch of the Maradonas about that as well um, and you know, when I was watching him yesterday from, from a better view than I normally have, I, I was amazed really at the strength of him uh, and his ability to spin players. And it just, I just, I was thinking during the game, it's reminding me of Dalgleish. Now, you can't really pay a player a higher compliment no. than that. Um, they, they tried to compare him to Messi last night. Did they? On, on yeah. Match yeah. Today, yeah. yeah, Ian Wright tried to compare him to Messi. And, and in terms of, the, the, I suppose, the left-footedness as well. The, the, and, that's and his more, physique it's more and the way he, he rides the control. But in terms, the in terms the, of the, the actual... The, the, the way, I want to say, Mike, Mike and I think control. the Dalglish thing yeah. is, is on this, it is what he does. Like, Milner really fizzes that ball into him. Yeah. Milner mm. really gives him something to control there. But mm. what that does, Milner clearly trusts him enough to do it that yeah, way. And, and that gives, gives the whole scenario the pace that it needs. Yeah. And so many of his first touches are actually riding a tackle at the uh-huh. same time. So yeah. he's muscling the man off as he's touching the ball for the first time. Mm. And he's, he's unbelievable. And but, uh, what we're talking about though is is the problem. Like if you're if you're a defender, like what what's your what's your strategy to stop yeah. him? Because kick if you if you stand off him, then he's got he's got an opportunity kick to him. use his pace. That's if all. you try and kick well well Otamendi tried to kick him at City and it didn't really work. I, I reckon he was he he, I don't think he had his best game at City. He he was gonna yeah, well and there was the circumstances, wasn't he, mm. with Mane and all that, but I mean, I, fan- I fancy us when we play City at home. I'm, I'm really yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, it's going to be some game of footy. Being just just one, one, one thought that occurred to me this morning more than anything else is that obviously we're playing, we, we have switched them across because it makes absolute sense to have um, Salah on the right and we've put Mane on the on the, the left-hand side. But he's obviously not playing as well and it's it's a relatively recent thing. But I just wonder whether that's that's been slightly counterproductive to us. Um, he's still contributing, I, though, isn't no, he? He's, I mean, no, he is, but I, I he's mean, just I think not, it's fair. He's not yeah. at the races at the moment. He's not and as good. I mean, so he's not pulling the ball in with his first touch at no. times and things like that, and and he's he's letting off a few mad shots and things. I just but, wonder whether it, it, it takes. Back it's heel take, was, was fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, can I go with the Manning thing? So I've got stats up here because I saw this this morning. Simon Brundish on Twitter shared <laughs> it because um, I was thinking <laughs> yesterday. Um, <coughs> Mane isn't looking the player he was, and maybe moving to the left does do that. But last season, Mane was brilliant. He had a goal or assist every 131 minutes. This season, he's not. He's got a goal or assist every 106 minutes. So, so statistically, he's got more touches in the box, more passes into the box, more successful dribbles, and more big chances created. Now, I'll never do stats. I can't do stats. But put down in front of me. These look quite quite compelling. He's actually having a more statistically impressive season, despite not looking good. Well, I think but yesterday... He scores twice and makes one. And if either of those goals, if the run's just timed a little bit better, he scored twice and, w- and made a goal. I think that's a fair comment for me uh, in there. I just generally speaking, it just doesn't feel like he's quite where he was. No, it, it, I think that's. I, th- I think it's really interesting. Both the stat side's interesting. I think Philippa, the, the, the Ian's observation there that you know if if the runs are a little bit different, he he walks away. He's the one who walks away with a brace. But I think it's almost the positions on the pitch in that, as John says before, sense of fireworks is now your description for Salah, and I think that's a great description for for a lot of what he's doing. Certainly, just fireworks. Whereas Mane is. Uh, he's acting more as an attacking midfielder than a forward, and um, and Salah is very much playing as a forward. Last season, Mane arguably was was more of a forward for us, but he, he he's had to drop back into into playing this role. And I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued just to see what he does for Burnley. We'll come on to talk about Burnley in a couple of minutes, but I just sort of wonder if there's an argument at Burnley. Certainly, as Salah's now holding a bit of an injury, to have the idea of go back to Mane, get him in, and say, right, you're the main man, you're running the show today. We need you to do X, Y, and Z, and put him slap bang back into the centre of the attacking power of Liverpool. That's exactly what I would do. Um, I'd, I'd 
probably go back to playing him on the right. Um, give Salah a rest whether he's injured or not. Um, if he's good enough to be on the bench, brilliant. If he's not, then you know there's nothing lost there. But um, I'd also be tempted to play Solanke um, because I think that it's just going to be a, a dog of a game against Burnley, and you know we, we've, we're going to have to be up for the fight. Um, we showed yesterday that we're, we, were, we were more than up for it against Leicester, and I think it's going to be even more of a fight against Burnley. They're going to. To me, it's going to be a lot of aerial bombardment. Um, I don't know if I'm being a bit unfair there, but um, I can't. I can't see them having much of the ball at all. And I think that you know we're going to have to remain patient. And you know, as with anything, you know, if we get an early goal, then I, th- I think it could be a different story. You know, they're going to have to to come out at us. But um, I don't know. I, I am concerned about Salah if he is injured. I, I'm hoping that it was just a slight knock and that he's able to shake it off for, for Friday or if not for the next league game after well, Burnley. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't play Salah at Burnley regardless. No, of no, it. I um, wouldn't. I, I, I think this is where the whole notion of, of rotation to, to protect your players comes in and I think it was, was absolutely right to play him yesterday for all the reasons we just discussed before. I, Burnley, to, for me, is the obvious one to give to give him ten days off basically yeah. before we play Everton, and that's a bloody important game for Liverpool, Everton, yeah. because what, it is about winning things, by the way. Um, and I, I don't think I don't think Salah's going to play Everton anyway. So I don't think. He's I, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Firmino doesn't play as well because he got ninety um, yesterday, and there was there was no. I think for, I think Firmino might not play Burnley, but I think Firmino plays Everton. Yeah. I don't think Salah plays Everton. He's yeah. going to the oh. African Nations, uh, the Afri- the African uh, Player of the Year awards. Oh right, okay. Him and Manny are both going. They're both being given permission I by think. the manager right. in the gap between the Burnley game and the and the Everton game. Right. So they're doing a they're, they're flying to Ghana and flying back and they land back, so they won't have had any training all week. They so shouldn't have to do that. Well, I think I, I think that's the wrong decision. Yeah. If they're doing that, I think, it's, I, think it's a, I think it's a really interesting conversation. We spoke to Jonathan Northcroft about yeah. it, about Salah, um, and and, and well, Mane came into it, but that the importance for these players, you know, you're talking about keeping hold of people, keeping people happy, all of that sort of stuff. It's it's a really if, if people haven't heard it, it's on tour player. It's us talking to Jonathan, me and Andy talking to Jonathan Northcroft about it because one of the things that Jonathan wrote a piece about how important Salah views himself as an Egyptian, mm-hmm. as a North African, as an Arab, yeah. and how how influential that is to him, and how important it is. And in there, there's a you know. The, they're talking about Jonathan says that he thinks it's very clever management by Klopp to let him go and let the pair of them go and do this but Salah go and do this this is the stuff that people remember and they think you know what we get looked after by this club they understand our wants and needs but then I you know we made that the discussion and say well but then it's a toss up because you're saying well it's the effort the, yeah. the third round of the FA Cup against Everton I mean, and, and, and I, I, I want to beat Everton I think it's I think yeah absolutely completely interesting I'll just uh, briefly quote the old Tommy Smith thing um, it's not your leg it's Liverpool's leg Um what I was going to say did, did, about Burnley I mean given that, that he probably won't play I mean I play Danny Ings I mean as much as Solanke has potential he still hasn't scored a goal in senior football and the clamour and the amount of mentions that he should he, he should get this game and that game and the other game played the derby didn't have much much influence um, of course you know he's not going to get a senior okay goal without playing Stoke. he did alright yeah, he did okay but nothing nothing too memorable um, Danny Ings has been on the bench he's come on in games recently he's, he's scored loads of goals in senior football he's playing against his uh, playing against, Robbo's doing the impersonation of Danny Ings uh, <laughs> um, and he's got he, against his old club as well. He he loved nothing more to to score his first goal for Liverpool in absolutely ages. Um, against against his old club, he gets goals. And in a team that's creating as many chances as Liverpool, I'd have money on Danny Ings to score. I really would. I wouldn't be quite so confident about Solanke. And I think Solanke might turn out to be good, but I haven't seen enough of a goal-getting instinct for him to be included in these conversations about playing in this front three that just can't stop scoring. He needs to start scoring in the last 20 minutes of games. He needs to get yeah, but, that but, cameo and get goals in the cameo and, and, before And thus far, he hasn't. So, no. you know, that, that's... Maybe I'm being a bit unfair on him, but he, he's, a, you know, he, he, again, he, I mean, he's a £3 million player that we brought in as cover. Um, and... I think he's been elevated. Maybe not. You know, it's no no slight on him that he's that he's in first team contention. But for me, he just hasn't proved quite why. Well, he, he wasn't supposed to be in first team contention. No. I say he was. He was no. brought in for the under twenty threes, and he yeah. is a development player. So yeah. he is the player that you get to seventy minutes and you're two nil, three nil up. You bring him on for a run out. Really? And see what he can do at that point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Why are you letting Ricky go on loan? 
because I don't think Origi has any long term future at Liverpool. But, but, uh, but we've got a season to do now. I mean, I think I, I sort of, you know, it's not like it's not like he lets Origi go on loan before he's looked at the fixture list. It's not like he's let Origi go on loan before he knows what the Christmas no, pie it's, looks it's like. Quite late on, isn't it? He's let, let, yeah, so my thing on that is, you know, I think that's Solanke, and I, th- I take Mike's point, and I wouldn't be averse to Ings starting at all. But I think when he's built this squad this season, one of the things he, it's not like he doesn't know Sturridge is injury prone. Um, and it's it's not as though he doesn't know that Danny Ings is coming back from a long term injury. So I you know I'm I am of the view there that if like I'm I'm not obviously he wants to develop Solanke in, but I do think that he can see that he's going to have to start Solanke sometimes. And he has and to and be fair done. to him, he has done exactly. Yeah. But my point is, I think Solanke is meant to be a member of this first team squad. He's just a member of this first team squad who so far hasn't scored. But he wasn't bought as a member of the first team squad, was he? So he's def- he's chosen early on that he will yeah, be a I think member Clark of the first went team on squad. On record to say he was what, he was more than he expected. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but Klopp said when he signed him, he was an um, an under twenty three. Yeah, which he is. But he's then, but he's 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 the one who saw him in pre season and thought I can get something out of this lad yeah. this year. He's not playing playing the under twenty three. He's not. Yeah, he's, no. he's not. He's both the under twenty threes. He's he's a senior player. He's mm. he's in that squad. He's in that first team squad on merits. But he's got to demonstrate why he's there on merits. He hasn't scored a goal yet. John, Pick- I played them both. Would you? Yeah, yeah, give them both a go with Mane and, and, and make a sort of front three out of that. I'd like to see Lallana come in if possible. I've, I've you know, I've no idea on his on his fitness and stuff, but I think that that, that gives you the chance. I think Emery Chan's probably gonna have to go again and then and then when Adam gets his game and I think that looks a that looks a strong front six to me and Oxlade Chamberlain as well. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you would imagine Chamberlain will start. I right, Danny Ings is dropping out. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. You nearly nearly got a start there, mate. Um and then, you know, we were talking on the team talk show as well on, on tour player about, you know, remembering that you can win games off the bench and it doesn't, you know, you're not, you're not picking a starting 11 that has to play 90 minutes. You can, you can have the likes of, of Coutinho and Firmino to come on like did last year at Stoke and, and just blow a team to, away. And, and that might be quite a fun thing for them as well. They don't have to worry too much about what on earth's going to happen in that first half. Did, uh, any chance we see Woodbed? No. Okay. I think might do against Everton. Um... Gareth, what are you doing for Burnley? I think Ruben Brewster's head will be now. By the way, I just think I, I think it's hard, it's an hard one to call because you you know when like Salah's an example of this where you, you sort of look at it and go, well, well he, he should probably get a rest here, but then you hear Klopp talk about it and just says, well, he's an actually fit fella though, and so like you know they've got so much more data than we have to sort of to make these decisions. Really. Oh, like, and, Gareth, don't put the whole house of cards. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it, it, it is hard. I mean, it's like you know we look at Robertson now and, and what he's started the last six, um, and so you'd say, well, he's due a rest. But then, and I've seen people saying a Milner can drop to left back, but they made such a statement that he was never going back to left back. And it kind of feels like Milner would be at his door going, yeah, you said there was a midfielder this season. And I was all right, I was all right there against uh, <laughs> against Leicester. Why you put me back? It'll be Milner's back? misses that's at the door. But you move my James back to left back. <laughs> so, so it, it, there's a few like like you're saying, John, it feels like there's a couple of positions where there's not much you can do about it. Like every time Henderson's been out, Chan has pretty much played and, and you don't really see that changing and left back I think if Robertson can go again he will go again Moreno's potentially fit for Burnley isn't he? Is he? They, they were talking the other day that he could potentially be ready for the Burnley game That's again it, it was another one where, where Klopp was saying he's a naturally fit lad mm. and he recovers quickly I think the thing with, with, with picking the door whatever lineup you go you go with I just don't think you you can afford to play too many players who haven't played for a while if you know what I mean no. Um so you know, if Moreno was fit, I'd say sound, but yeah, I need to ease you back in. I don't want you suddenly playing a game. Mm. Someone like Moreno, when he hasn't got rhythm, if you like, <laughs> um, could be disastrous. Um, and uh, I, I think there's, there's a possibility we could go into that game, make too many changes, and then when it comes to... The last thing I want is to, go, is to this for this game to potentially bugger up the, the selection against Everton. I am worried about the idea of being without our, our, our key players for the for the derby. Um, because to me, you know, Klopp is building a lot of momentum and a lot of goodwill, certainly in people like me at the moment. The last thing he needs is to lose that derby match and get knocked out the cup. And then realistically, you're looking at, we've got to win the European Cup to win something in his third season. It's, it's just so important to Liverpool, that game. And we should be as strong as we can going into the Everton game. Just in terms of being a derby, I th- this is the most I want to win a derby game totally, in years. Yeah, after this, what this happened is, in the last one. Yeah. We we need this. Yeah. We need to put them in. But the also place. as well about you know he's taught, he's he's had the chat hasn't he about the crowd and how he was made up with it and how how it felt right and all that. Well you know to keep that going as well. Win the derby. Mm. Yeah. Win the derby because we because 
and it's not just about you know I remember someone had to go at me the other week about this saying oh yeah do, I hear people on the Anfield app just basically saying you know um, they couldn't accept a draw against Everton because um, basically they just wanted to go and brag around Liverpool it's, it, you know, it's not about that it's, it's just, about momentum yeah, it's about oh. the momentum it's about it's about making a statement it's about getting a cup on board as well after all too many years without trophies so yeah, it, it is really important. I know, I know we're, we're, we're at that point in, in the season, aren't we, where we have the FA Cup chat. It's an, it's important when you haven't been winning things. Yeah, and do you think Allardyce will be contemplating putting a weekend side out against us? No. Absolutely no chance. Uh, that, that's interesting. Uh, Allardyce is very much his own man. He's, I'm not quite sure. He might make a couple of surprising selections, Allardyce. If he, if he makes a couple of surprising selections, they'll be designed to give them the best chance of winning the game. Um, Okay. If I know Fat Sam throughout, throughout the entirety of his career He's fucked FA Cups off Now I think it's different this one And I think this one is different full stop Because it is the And I think also I think if you're Allardyce You want to win a trophy Because you've never won one yeah. and, and this is your last proper job So I think all the And this might be your last proper job full stop Because you might lose and you this could one argue in summer Because him already For the mm. first time He's at a club That legitimately should be winning trophies All the above I agree with that But I think so. You, but I don't think you can go off His previous behaviour And no, say agreed. he'll definitely do this Agreed yeah I think you know And, and I think Agree. Yeah. I think it is. Dif- I think it is difficult to sort of to to guess that. The only thing I know is I just fucking want to beat Everton, and, <laughs> and maybe that's you know, maybe that is sort of the manager's got to be a grown up Philip. He's the one who's got to who's got to helm this side through the entirety of the season. But I agree with the the other points that are being made about about the collective sort of good feeling around the club that you you lose that you lose that with if you, if you fail to even if it goes to a replay I think I think you lose you lose the feel good factor if you you know certainly let's say you draw it against Burnley and then you draw it against Everton it does it does give everyone a knock back when at the minute everyone feels like we're flying like we're in really good nick I think that's the thing I think we're all a bit frightened of losing our rhythm a bit aren't we our momentum that we've managed to build up and I think it's kind of showing why it was just as important to get that draw against Arsenal after going behind as as anything really. You know, at the time it felt like a defeat to us, but um, in essence, you know, to to get that draw back, it kind of kept us on on this kind of trajectory that we've been on. And I I do kind of get that point. And, you know, I was thinking more about, you know, giving some players a bit more time in case we need them. But... um, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he still feels that he's able to to play the likes of Mane and Salah, even if they have travelled halfway around the world. I think it's... they'll be fine. They'll, I think they'll be on the bench the... at least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not like the bevy, is it? You know no. what I mean? It's not no. like a big mad party. No, you know, it's, they're not on your bus going back to the world. But this is also why Burnley's massive, John. And this is, and I think this is this is my remains my frustration with the Arsenal uh, results. I think Philip is right to say it was important that we didn't lose the game in terms of belief and all that sort of stuff. But there was something in there as well where you know winning it. Forget the idea. Listen, we beat Everton in the third round of the FA Cup. Great, but if to win the FA Cup, you've still got to win six more games uh, or five more games. And my point about this is that. Beating Burnley's huge. Arsenal and Chelsea are playing each other. United are in the funk that they're in. Spurs have got a couple of quite sticky little games that you probably couldn't be bothered with. Burnley's one of them as well. And But the point is, you take three points from Burnley. When you are in March, you might have a six-point buffer between yourself and, th- and, f- and fifth, which means that you can then have the idea of, well, we'll weaken slightly for a league game to make sure we're playing our best 11 for an FA Cup game or for a Champions mm-hmm. League, an FA Cup quarterfinal or a Champions League quarterfinal. It's all interrelated, is my point. Yeah. And I think that we all end up, we end up sort of at times... Having to have a conversation between the FA Cup and the and the league, when in reality, if you're actually doing well enough in the league, it really helps you out in terms of the FA Cup. It's making hay while the sun shines, isn't it? And and that's what we kind of need to do. You know, it's e- it's easy to look at an away point and and think, well, that's not a bad result. You know, Burnley are, are, are around seventh or eighth in the table. Uh, Horrible were, place to go. Yeah, tough place to go. It's it's it'd be the easiest thing to say, oh, oh points fine, but we're playing well at the moment and we've rotated early to, to mean we're fresh for this period you know Burnley have just been to Huddersfield which I'm sure I haven't seen any of it but it was nil nil wasn't it but I'm sure it was a tough game and so they'll be they'll be feeling a bit leggy they can't rotate as, as much as we can and, and, and maintain you know high levels of quality because the, the, they're not a club that you know they've got the smallest budgets in the league I think um, they certainly did last season anyway I don't think Huddersfield probably have a smaller one yeah and so it's it's 
it's tougher for them than it is for Liverpool. And so me, hey, while the sun shines, I would say get your wins on the belt under your belt and, and get your points now. And um, and Sam McLeish starting by the way. It's tough. It's tough for them. I just want to do predictions in a yes, second. Paul Joyce is just tweeted. It's Mignolet starts. Yeah. Okay. It's tough for them than it is for Liverpool, John. I I think that that's again when we saying before about the madness of Puel subs. Uh, where he takes his two best players off. Well, that's because he wants to play his two best players that are at home to Huddersfield. And he then looks at that and goes, yeah. we're 2-1 down here at Anfield. It's probably not coming back. What do I lose for having fresh legs now? And then I get those two lads guaranteed to start against Huddersfield and that gets us three points. Should get should be enough to get us three points in the bag. And that the point is, that's Puel. And Puel's budget is probably around sort of 7th, 8th, ninth in the league. Burnley are lower down and they've got to make even more pragmatic shouts. And, and But my point here is that when everyone else acts sane, when everyone else is being pragmatic, that's where Liverpool can benefit. We benefit when Puel takes his two best players off. Yeah. We benefit from other people having you to see, make sane, pragmatic choices. I'm, I'm going to make go on a slight tangent. I, I, I'd say he's made an error there because... If I'm a Leicester fan, I'd say, right, you keep your two best players on. And if that results in you getting a two-all draw at Anfield, the momentum that that gives you and the confidence that gives you, you take it. You, you can then play a weakened side against Huddersfield and still win because it carries you through. That, 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 I mean, that, effectively, you're talking about two different mentalities towards management of players. And I think there's probably a bit more sports science to the idea of what Puel does there versus my maybe more traditional view. <laughs> But not, well, what I'm saying there is actually, well, yeah, you, you'll need to give those players a break. Give them a, a break against Bloody Huddersfield. You'll beat them anyway. Yeah. You'll beat them anyway because they're crap. Because well, if, um, if you're weak inside, it's still bringing on is Nakazaki and Slamani. Preci- still precisely. Take so, so I think, that, as I say, I think he gets that wrong there. I mean, and we, we were saying before, what was he doing? Taking, taking off his two best players? I, well, I, I think. I'd err on the side of you, not least because I'd also err on the side of I wouldn't give up the game that's right in front of me or mm. acting. But Akasaki's like he's a really good player when he wants to get him on the pitch, and he was and he's really good when he came on. Yeah. And, and I would have him tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I would have Akasaki tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked Indeed. I mean, I, I, I know I said about it before, but I think he, I'd be surprised if Liverpool haven't got their eye on him. Uh, all right, then I'll be, I'll have a prediction for Burnley, Philippa. Two uh, one, Mike. <sighs> I don't know, one nil to Liverpool. Uh, Ian, two nil, Liverpool. Yeah. Gareth? 2-1 to Liverpool. John? Just going to go a Liverpool win just because I'm on a date with Dan Morgan and I want to have a nice day. Uh, tell you what, the <laughs> tunes are phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much everyone for coming in on New Year's Eve on this Sunday to do the Anfield wrap. Uh, if you don't subscribe, please think about doing so, covering all the games, everything that we can, transfers now as well, as December becomes January. Uh, Theanfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe. Listen, take it easy. Happy New Year. Sports Social Podcast Network.